This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role-playing game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Have you heard of high-level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high-level games. High-level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High-level games. We want to help you level up your role-playing game. Highlevelgames.ca Welcome to a, another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am your host, Josh Heath. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different. We don't do a ton of interviews, but there is something that came across my feed recently that I got really excited about. And I was like, hey, let's stop, talk about this, um, have a conversation, dig into it, and go from there. So I think that Werewolf the Apocalypse is a wonderful game that has some interesting flaws to it. And one of those interesting flaws is that sometimes its native representation isn't wonderful. It does better in some ways than some role-playing games do that are out there. Um, I know we've had James Sombrano on to talk about indigenous stories in uh, this particular RPG, and that was a fantastic conversation. He and I uh, continue to talk, and he is a wonderful creator, so uh, check that out if you haven't yet. But specifically, today we're talking about a new project that I think people can use as inspiration for their games, um, something to dig into and enjoy just as itself. Um, I'm doing a lot of preamble to this. I'll get to the point. Um, we are talking to Lee Francis for today. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for chatting with me. This is fantastic. Awesome. I'm very excited. I'm, ex tell. I'm as excited as well. And today we're talking about A Howl, which is a anthology uh, a comic anthology specifically about werewolves rougarou and uh, wolves werewolves and rougarou um it's a comics collection uh and i'm i'm a huge comics fan um it, not that there's a video here but i have a ton of marvel comics and other comics directly behind me um so i'm excited just as this is a media thing uh, but i think it ties really well in an interesting way into you know, our podcast and werewolf in general. So we've said hello, but can you tell us a little bit about you and about this project and those sorts of things? Because I'm interested to hear some more from your perspective. Sure. Absolutely. This is uh, very, again, thank you so much for reaching out and I'm glad it came across your feed. Uh, very exciting. So um, I'm Lee Francis. My family is from the Pueblo of Laguna on my dad's side. So indigenous Native American, just outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, about 45 miles west. Um, I grew up very much a, uh, a suburban kid. Uh, I'd come back and spend time with my grandma out on the reservation, but most of the time I was like, my dad worked for the feds in DC and I, and, and universities in California. So I was, you know, your standard sort of, I don't know, weird little native nerd, right? Like I, um, you know, as I say it now, I'm, I was in, I was an original, I was an OG or indigener. Um, you know, uh, RPGs, I was playing, I was the kid playing D and D. I had a fanny pack, which had all of my dice, uh, my role-playing, my, my, my role-playing dice in it, which I think many of us do. And we don't talk about it anymore. Right. We uh, keep but, that uh, on the download, but absolutely. We keep that on the download, but I actually like, I, everybody loved it. Cause I was just like, Oh, cause I couldn't get my backpack, but I had my fanny pack and I could, and now like, you know, what is it, the rock is wearing one and it's, you know, it's become popular again. I was like. Oh, it was just about 40 years too early. Um, so yeah, I am the proprietor for Red Planet Books and Comics, which is the, and the owner of the founder, uh, which is the only Native American comic shop in the world. We specialize in um, indigenous games, toys, collectibles, comics, graphic novels, et cetera. Um, we started about four years ago. Prior to that, I founded the Indigenous Comic-Con. Uh, and then two years before that, I founded our publishing company, which is Native Realities. Uh, mostly our, our big point is like, how are we focusing on native and indigenous representations in popular culture? Because really for me growing up, and then when I started teaching and doing a lot of this, is the, the, the representations were always kind of either, it was misrepresentation or it was skewed a little bit, or it just, I mean, I'm a Pueblo kid and I don't look like my Northern brothers that are riding horses and, 
And those guys are just strapped, right? Like they're just, they're cut, right? Like I was like, I was just a little rounded brown kid. I don't know. I'm like, we, we ate a lot of corn and we farmed. I don't, you know, I was like, I didn't meet that. And I was like looking for stuff for my students. So I was like, we just need to start publishing comics and making other stories. And then we just started moving into others. Like we should make games. We should make role-playing games. We should make comics. We should do all the rest of these things. Um, so uh, interestingly enough, this book itself, so A Howl, um, you know, uh, an antho- a comic anthology of Wolves, Werewolves, and, and Rougarou started uh, as a conversation between myself and Dr. Elizabeth LaPonce. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, I, I want to say it was almost three or four years ago. And in fact, it was this thing that we had sat because we were just like, we should do a Kickstarter. And it, and it just sat as one of those like Kickstarter drafts in your little Kickstarter folder. Yep. And it was Been just there. called like, I don't know, it was like Rougarou Tales at the time. Like we didn't have a name for it, but she and I were both, cause I had worked with her on the Dear Woman comic, which she edited. And I was like, we should, we should do another one. And she's like, we shouldn't, I wanna do a Rougarou. I wanna do werewolves. And I was like, that's cool. And so it just kind of like sat there and sat there and sat there. And it was, I wanna say it was maybe even like five years ago. Like it was, it sat there for just this long old time. She went on to doing things and I went on to doing things and then the pandemic hit. So we weren't doing anything. And then we started chatting like last winter. Uh, I was like, hey, do you wanna, like, do you wanna bring this back? Like it's been sitting in our Kickstarter for a while. And she's like, we should. We should, we should do this comic. And then we were just like, oh, we should make an RPG. And we should do like, we just started like thinking about all the things. I was like, let's just start with the comic. We can do this other stuff later once we get the background material. Cause I tend to go the reverse. Cause I, I know a lot of my RPG friends are like, they go the other way. They're like, do the RPG and then we'll make the media. I'm like, well, I'm gonna make the media and then do the game, right? So, I mean, anybody can take it how they want to. Um, but yeah, so we started. Uh, so we started the conversations up, and she was like, "I got a bunch of people that want to do this," and we put out a call, and so many people jumped. Like native creatives, uh, illustrators, and writers just jumped on board. They were like, "What? We've been waiting for this." So we just kind of crushed it together. Um, she had the original art. I have, you know, I know how to run kickstarting campaigns and publish and do all the rest. And and so we put it out in the world. We're like, well, let's see who wants to pick it up. And it's just been wildly successful. Like we crushed the goal. And I mean, like for me, I was just like, I've done successful Kickstarters, but I was like, no, we crushed that goal in four hours. I was like, woohoo, you know, and now we're moving into, I think we're going to get pretty close to our second tier um, of, of writers and illustrators. And I think, you know, if we're really lucky, we'll hit the third tier. I'm not sure about the fourth, but we still may bring everybody in anyway. So we'll kind of see how that plays out after the campaign. But that's a howl. And it is indigenous Native American writers, uh, illustrators that are telling stories of werewolves that will ha- that are not necessarily specific, but are going to have, I don't know, what a, t- a tone and texture of indigeneity into that space, right? So it's not just like, oh, it's Native werewolves. No, it's just like, I think one of them, we got, uh, you know, we got uh, heavy, heavy metal death werewolves right yes. which so, i saw a preview for that and got super excited because i was like yes i want this i didn't know i wanted this but i want this that is i literally felt the exact same way and that's one of my favorite illustrators named dale DeForest. um i think we're coming close to his little bump for that and i was just like yeah i didn't i didn't even i don't know why i'm like i didn't fathom that at all i'm thinking you know the the games that i played the werewolf stuff and i was just like yeah, why wouldn't there just be death metal werewolves? Obviously, duh. Like that would that that was the first thought. I was just like, how did I miss that? Uh, that should have been so obvious because right. that is exactly what they would be. Exactly. So, and I know. love I love that. Like the thing that you mentioned is that these stories are inspired by people's experience, but they're not just about their experiences. They're about hey, this is a cool story, and it's flavored by people's experience. That I think we need more and more of that in yeah. media. Because when you have that sort of representation, it's it's truer representation than just saying, hey, this is a story about my people in this specific instance. It's like, this is my story told through this cool, awesome lens for you to get engaged by. Yeah. And I think that's dead on. I think that's one of the things that there's stories that I want to tell, but what you see too often, I, I think too often in pop culture is 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 an overt sort of nativeness, right? Like that, you know, or, or native in quotes, right? Or indigenous in quotes. And what it has the, the unfortunate 
uh, side effect or, or back kick into it, the backwash, um, is that it, it continues to segment native folks into only one track about what we're able to write about, right? Which is, oh, it's a native story. So it's gonna be about native things and it's gonna be about the reservation or it's gonna be about, you know, uh, you know a crazy horse or sitting bull and we have to make sure we mention them, you know? And, and whereas I've used that as a, as a, like a lot of the times as a platform because even the stuff that we do wants to platform off of that, even in my own comic book writing, what I'm always trying to do is kind of elevate beyond that, right? Which is it, exactly what you're saying. It's, it's touched by that, it's moved by that, but it's not the only thing. When I wrote my comic book, my first comic that I put out was Six Killer and having nothing to do with werewolves. Um, but when I put that out, it was, you know, it's, um, how did I term it? It's Kill Bill meets Alice in Wonderland set in Cherokee country, right? And so in, in terms of the writing and the writing that you do, it doesn't have to revolve around that. I also do a lot, like it doesn't have to directly revolve around that. It was, it's a woman that is dealing with, you know, kind of mental issues and other things and the death of her sister and she goes on a revenge streak. It's Kill Bill style. Well, we don't have to keep constantly saying she's native and she's, and then she, you know, she, she smudges every other page, right? And she has burning sage. I was like, that's important, but that's not the story. Right. Like it needs to be important to the story. And, you know, and subsequently, funny enough, I like, I kind of fell into the RPG world, right? And so writing this kind of stuff too, the same concept, right? Like I write a lot of stuff that has to deal with native communities, but I'm like, we'll bring in, I, I want something that's compelling. Um, I want something that's interesting. I wrote for Hellboy, you know? And it was like, when we did it, we set it in New Mexico and there was some native folks and we brought in, you know, we brought in trickster characters, coyote, you know, as part of it, but it's not just like, oh, you have to do this and that. And there's a, like a holiness to it. It was like, nah, cause I, honestly, I don't think I would want to play that. Right. Like I would want native representation, but I don't necessarily want to sit there and be like, and then, you know, the Holy spirits rise. And I was like, that's for a different place and time, right? That's for a different location when I do either ceremony or traditional things, that's over there. Over here, I just want to read and play. Like I want to enjoy my time. I want to celebrate. So I think that's, you know, exactly what you're saying. And celebrate such a great word. It's like in this RPG and comic space, we can celebrate who we are in ways oh. that is interesting and normalized and fun, right? Like it should be about fun because it's a fun space. Um, so yeah. I'm, all about that i'm super like that for me this seems like such a fun project there are so many people involved in it in one form or another or hopefully will be involved in it if we can get to those goals um alina pete in particular is one person that i absolutely adore her web comic where uh, geek which i just found because i'm a web comic person and was like this is cool this is about werewolves and this is about larpers and it's like this is who i am and then i'm like oh Alina is this interesting, engaging person with uh, just an awesome writing style and art style. And so I got excited when I saw her involvement in this. That's like the point of me babbling about it. But also to say like her story was just her story and it wasn't just this hyper-focused story. And, and that's the brilliance of it, right? Because if you look at, I've seen uh, you know other works that she has and things that she's done within community spaces, right? They're very like, she, she tells stories, indigenous stories or indig like indigenous focused. And then she's got the web comic. And for me, that was also kind of the same thing. I was just like, yo, this is, this is fantastic. Like the art is clean and dynamic. And also, you know what? We just get to tell stories. Like it doesn't have to be like, let me tell you about a story of traditional native werewolves that goes back since time. And I was like, we don't need to do that. There are places for that. And I tell those stories. There's plenty of them in terms of like historical comics that we've done in other spaces, but this is werewolves and this is wolves, werewolves and Rougarou, right? Like, and that's, and funny enough, when, when, when Elizabeth, when, you know, uh, and I were originally talking about this, we were actually setting up a really interesting structure because we were like, oh, we should make it a role-playing game or we should do this and that and the other. And I was like, we just started kind of like brainstorming for like, I don't know, like an hour. And we were like, you know what? Let's, we should probably, let's frame it a little bit differently. Like, 
and we can do political things, but we can also just do things that are fun as like the wolves as they are actually our elders. Like we wanted to do this transition. I don't know who's going to write what this may not show up in the book at all, but we were just like, you know, like the wolves are like our ancestors. Like they're where a werewolf comes from. Like they're the ones that you actually want to be closer to, not towards this thing. Like humans are just kind of like, they're, they're okay. You know? And then you had like, you sort of like had the mixed ones that are kind of like, you know, they're like the cool Hollywood werewolves, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then you had the ones that were just kind of like a little bit more like half traditional. And then you kind of like had the human. And so we set this spectrum. I was just like, and I just think from an indigenous perspective, it was like, yeah, we would want to be going back towards them anyway. Like those are our, those are our relations, which is what we always think of in native communities. Like these are our relations. Like, yeah, we want to be more towards the wolves. Who would, you know, like if, if we're, if we're werewolfing and, <laughs> as a verb, we're actually trying to get closer to that, you know, in many ways. Right. And, but also just playing across the board. It's not like natives have a special werewolf whatever it's right. like you know kind of everybody's got this space and everybody gets to play in this space and that's 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 the most fun part about putting together this you know to the anthology and any of the brainstorming because it's just again it's it's a celebration let's let's have fun let's enjoy it. alina's work is amazing you know um bring a wolf and the work that she's done is absolutely astounding dale deforest you know i'm like i could name everybody in this thing but i'm like there's so many folks that just are like, when they jumped on it, they're like, yeah. And I was like, yep, there it is. So what I love what you're talking about there too, with the connection back to wolves, one of the interesting elements in world of the apocalypse, cause I got to tie it back to the game just a, a little bit yeah. uh, is that uh, this, there's this disconnection because wolf uh, kin are dying. You know, there are much less wolf kin there and there are human kin. And so that connection is kind of being lost in the nation of the Garu um, in that game. And what I think is interesting is tying into the comic is being able to, to tap into that sense of like, oh, we have this connection. How do we portray that connection in a more realistic, interesting, engaging way? I think that's another thing we can pull from this comic into, hey, in, in our games, we've got a little bit more knowledge, more background. That's not just scientific exploration of how wolves work. This is a way of like experiencing, ah, okay, now I get it. And then I'm able to pale that element in. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's kind of where we were. I mean, I think naturally, like I know the game, mm -hmm. obviously, I've, you know, and it's been, I will, I will honestly say on your podcast, it's been several years sure. um, prior pandemic. I mean, we would say it's been at least a few years, but prior pandemic, it's been several years, but I remember when I was, you know, when we play and we, you know, and, 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 and go through, you know, go through the various stories and scenarios and all the, the other things that we do, you know, there was always that, I don't know this, it, what it does is it sort of dispels the mysticism, mm -hmm. right. That is always sort of, that it, that's always been associated around indigeneity in RPGs and even, you know, in werewolf and in others. And I think it has been better, but I also think that like, you know, there's, there's a mysticism. It's the, you know, it's the shaman. It's the, it's the deep, it's like, Oh, we're deeply connected. And, and I think when Beth and I were having the conversations, we were more of like, yeah, like all I could think of was just, it was a grandma wolf. Like, I don't even know, like it was just grandma wolf comes up to you. It wasn't a deep mysticism. It was just like, yo, this is, these are our, our elders. They're the ones and they can basically like, they can just be like, boom, you're done. You don't get to do, I don't know. Like that's the part, right? Like I, it, it wasn't built with sort of this ideology that really comes from, I mean, I do a lot of research and it's like this ideology comes from like 400 years of pop culture identity that hasn't been developed by native folks, right? So like, even in the representational media, you know, we are often not, if we're consulted, it's consulted in a way to, to, to justify what's already there, right? You know, what's been written or, you know, or it's, or, uh, for lack of a better framing, it's dismissed and not to be like, not, you know, I don't, sometimes intentionally, not often intentionally, but it's just like, ooh, this doesn't fit the narrative, you know, or this doesn't quite, and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is kind of like the way that we could create this. So for example, I was, I wrote on, uh, you know, there was, there was a role-playing game that I was writing for and it didn't quite fit the narrative that they wanted. And so they've kind of reimagined it and, I thought I was writing from a very indigenous space, but the comment, you know, the comments that came back was like, it needs to be more fun. 
you know? And I'm like, well, but I thought I wrote a really fun game that actually had, you know, or that I, that I was a part of writing, you know, a writing team of writing a really fun game, but that was really grounded in indigenous framings. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way that told, for me, told a more compelling story for everybody. So not just for one subsection of gamers, right? Um, Cause there is a subsection of gamers, but I was just like, but I, I have a bunch of gamer friends that look like me. I have a bunch of gamer friends in these spaces. And so I think that's partly with this comic, I'm hoping that we create stories. That's what I said, we work backwards. We're gonna start a narrative mm-hmm. and then potentially move into these, you know, into these spaces because then we can, we're like, hey, we already got the media. Did you enjoy it? Cool, you wanna play it? Cool, right. you know? What is it like, um, what did I just read? We'll, we'll vary off the subject, die, right? So like, we just got die in the shop. Mm-hmm. you know and die came out as the comic and they were kind of simultaneously making the you know making the rpg or like i think they put it at the back of the book being just like seems like a lot of you like it you guys want to play it you know like we can figure here's how you play it like they were con- they were dually conceiving it mm-hmm. but it's a creative work first and then it, and it was like well if people like it might as well jump into this right yeah, yeah. which is neat like i i think it's interesting to see media doing that um, particularly their carnival role, which is not uh, specifically about this, but they had their show and that's about all the things that carnival role is about. And then they're like, Hey, you know what? Would people want to role play in this universe and create and dropped an RPG right as the show ended to keep people engaged between seasons. And I love the thinking there. It's like, Oh, we're creating a, a transmedia or a media property and wanting you to be engaged. And RPGs are a great way of continuing that engagement. So I'm here for that hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, you know, again, that I think is exactly kind of the point. I, you know, I mean, there'll be, be some crossover and we got work to do and all the rest, but it's, it's really dynamic to see that and to see where everything, you know, all these beautiful intersections, you know, and you're seeing things like, so we've got Howl coming out, you know, we've got the comic coming out, but I mean, there's still like a small amount of RPGs that are in the world. I've been working on some modules the, I think the closest, what do we get to? Edrigor and Coyote and Crow. Yeah, now those, those are the big names, out, right? basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, um, but I think going back, it's just like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a universality around werewolves, mm-hmm. which is really cool, which is why it's kind of like, hey, here's a really cool way to approach this. Um, here's a really cool way that could, I mean, honestly, if, if we get to that point, it's great, but even within werewolf, right? Like, you know, where for the apocalypse, like there's a way now that I think people can look at this comic and this anthology and think, and, and it expands the imagination, right? Like, Ooh, there's some really interesting stories we could tell. And if we think about when we're, when we're role-playing, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be the, like the grand, you know, the grand narrative, honestly, the one that, you know, the, I love the kick in with, you know, with what Dale's doing and some of these like smaller kind of like, we've got some like anime or uh, some manga illustrators that are kind of coming in this new generation that are just kind of like, they look like frolicking stories. There's a Snuggie, you know, they're like, I'm like, that's a, like, that's kind of what we need, right? Like, let's, let's get everybody in. Yep. Let's tell these stories. It doesn't have to be like, <laughs> I will say this. And I know everybody as GMs and whatnot, you know, out there in your in your universe, that's like not everybody tells us, but it's like it's always got in the same way that natives are are sort of you know misrepresented misrepresented or stereotyped. The same way with werewolf is just like they're all it all has to be dark and brooding, and it takes place on back alleyways and where and they come out in the night. And I was just like, or they could be a metal band, yep. or they just could be little sn- your grandma's one, and she just snuggles with you at night, you know, kind of thing. And she's just like, eh, it's a full moon. Come here. It's time to, you need to comb my hair. It's time. You know, I'm like, I honestly think that's the brilliance about not only the comic, but when we get into, you know, when we get into the world of, of role-playing and we get into the, these worlds, like those are, that's, those are the worlds I like to exist in. Right. Yeah. yeah. The idea of a pastoral role-playing is something that's just kind of started um, getting kickstarted in this community. And it's uh, obviously World of the Apocalypse is all grim, dark, blah, 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 fine. But you can do other cool things with Werewolf as a concept and say, hey, you can do those fun stories where it's about family or it's about, you know, connection. It's about 
just going out and th think about wolves going out and uh, and maybe hunting or like just engaging in the in the wilderness, existing in the wilderness as a story is super neat. Like that's just something we don't get to experience as humanity that we can perceive either in a role playing or in a comic book like fashion. Give me all that because I'm I'm here for it. So yeah. I'm well, and I, and I think what it opens up is really the idea of like when even as role players, like what you know, it's the it's the con. It, so there's this counterpoint that we're kind of running into. I had this conversation about you know where are we in terms of of how we're focusing in the world of moral relativism, right? So like. We have a lot of reality, we've dealt with reality for a year and it's been a startling reality, right? Like it's been, it's been a struggle across the board, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think there's going to be cool stories that develop out of that. But, you know, when I, when I, when I play and when I'm playing a werewolf, you know, it's, it's the idea of transformation. It's the idea that I'm, I'm elevating myself beyond this, you know, we'll say puny human frame you know, or whatever, right? So when I play in these spaces, we are looking for the grand narrative, right? Because it's, it, there is a grand, a grandness to it. But part of that celebration is sometimes you can do the mundane that becomes grand. And I think that's, that's an intricacy for, 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 you know, for, for your game master, right? So you're for your, your facilitator. I know, I know we're kind of changing terminologies these days, but like, for your guide and guardian, right? So your guide and guardian in, in the RPG world in terms of the storytelling. But, you know, I mean, we think of, think about all the, all the shows that we watch. It's not all Breaking Bad all the time, right? you know? And there's moments of humor in, in those shows, right? They don't all, like, you're not coming in there being like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the end of the world always. Uh, and this is, you know, I'm like, there's only so long I can exist in The Walking Dead, yeah. right? before I got to go change it to friends, yeah. you know, I mean, and I'll pick something random, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I don't mind a little Prozac from time to time. Totally fine. Yeah. You know, but there's stories to be told in that too. You know, I mean, like there's a reason there's 10 seasons for some things that were just like, how did that get, I was like, somebody liked it. It lasted. And sometimes they didn't, but I'm like, there's a story there. And sometimes you can tell the story of a, of a wolf family. You can tell the story of, you know, you can, you can approach some of the issues, even in native communities of, of, you know, disenfranchised or this group of people that have this, this group that has been alienated, right? This group that has been marginalized. And I think that's the really cool thing that we've seen, and I'm sure you've seen it, but that's the cool thing that I, I think has been really amazing about why I love role-playing and comics. I mean, they intertwine. In, yep. in many oh ways. yeah. There's so much interrelationship. That you know, hard to um, into. Yeah. It's been really watching it grow and the sophistication that has developed over this last, I'll say 20 years. I mean, more, but man, I know you, I mean, I don't know you, but I was like, we just met, but I'm like, I'm sure when you started playing, it was, it was hack and slash all the time, right? Like we all jump in into the same, it's werewolf style. And it's all just like bludgeoning. You're just like, I'm going to attack. And it was like, and probably, you know, and I, I think, God, I started playing when I was like five, you know, five or six. And I just remember, I was like, I just saw it. I'm going to stab the dragon. And it's like, and you're dead. You know, it's kind of like, and you start learning. And I think that sophistication is coming out and stories like the functionality of something like werewolf, where there's this mix, right. And where there's these, where there's a concept of identity that is, it is fundamental to the framework, not only of just like the game, but of werewolves in general, in general, it is a concept. It is, it is a concept of identity, right? So where do you go? Well, we all deal with that. Native people definitely deal with that. Like how do we exist in, you know, in, in a, in a, in a colonial space, mm -hmm. but also how do we exist when you're a nerd that grows up on the coast? I didn't grow up in on the res, but my grandma was there and then I visit her. And then what does that mean? And then when I go back home, do I look like that? I'm wearing my baseball cap. The kids are wearing it. Et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that's what the brilliance of all of this, you know, like, like a werewolf space is, as I think even more, I think it is, is even more profound. And I'm going to say this, uh, what, what, what I want to say, I'm going to say this knowing the audience more than the vampire space. No, um, I'm with because you. I'm with you. <laughs> that's fine. But there's a change in it, right? Because it's that changing identity that you kind of like, depending on, you know, where you're aligning and if it's the moon or however you're structuring the game and whatever it comes out of, right? <clears throat> I 
you know, old school, um, is, is that it, it's still a concept of identity that doesn't relate, I think, in any other way. And I think that's the brilliance of, of the game. I think it's the brilliance of werewolf lore and mythology, um, you know, and, and obviously they're our closest buddies anyway. Like we're the, they're the ones we tamed as humans. So we're closer to them than anything else, I think, on this planet. So you just struck a chord with me um, and my audience may or may not care about this, but I, from an academic perspective, um, all my degree work is in ethnic, uh, I, is in ethnic conflict and identity creation and the intersection of, of internal and external identities and how we kind of deal with the, the moments when those come in conflict with one another. So to think about identity from a werewolf perspective makes me go, oh, oh yes, Absolutely. I wasn't even connecting those two pieces to recognize how important that is to my werewolf storytelling and to my interest in the genre. Um, so thank you for doing that, for just reminding me of, oh, hey, this is probably the reason why this, why you dig this. So thank you. I'm glad I could assist. I think it's, I mean, I think it's what struck me originally, right? I mean, because there's there's so much out there and you know, and I can stab an orc, but once I was introduced to werewolves, I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I like this. Cause there's there's so much to to really explore in that. Again, it's different than any type of other like I'll say mythological, and I put that in quotes, right? So your audience can see mythological creatures, right? Like anything in that space. I think werewolves, most of all, really speak to the quote unquote human condition, yeah. right? Um, and 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 the ethnic, because even if you're thinking about the way that it's set up within the game or, you know, a, a lot of times in the, the mythos, right? Is there, you have your clans and you have the various, you know, types of, and, and then there, and, and within the micro, the micro ethnicities, it's, it's these, it's the Irish werewolves or it's the, you know, it's the Boston werewolves or it's the native where, right? You have all the variations, um, the Ruguru, right? Like you have these variations, but it still comes down to, you know, who, like, how do you identify? Are you identifying as this, as, as the beast, is, is that is that something that you are consciously rejecting, right? Like you don't want to be, and that's the struggle. That's the brilliant. Do I not want to do this? Like, I don't like it when I transform. I don't like being in this space, right? Or I love it and I'm going to use it to my, I'm Teen Wolf, baby. I'm putting on, you know, I got the, I'm riding on top of the, you know, on top of the van. This is fantastic, you know? And then you got to think of what's the internal mechanisms within each sort of cultural representation. Um, God, what was the one that, so my kid and I are absolutely like even more him and I've been bringing him in slowly, but we wolf walker, right? Yeah, yep, so yep. blew his lid. I was, I loved it. And I, and I knew I was going to love it, but he has subsequently just like watched, he's latched onto that. And I was like, yes, I got another one. Chalk him up, you know, but I'm just like the whole idea of the metaphor in that story, mm -hmm. right? Of here's the, the wilds of the Irish, but not like in this, you know, in this savage space. In fact, most of the time they're like, yo, we don't want to just chill out, quit cutting down our forests. Everybody just relax. And what do you got? You got the zealot that's just like, murder them all, you know? And everybody then has to learn and the dad has to learn and the girl has to learn to be in this dual space, this duality, right? Um, multi, multi, it's not even duality. It's like, it's, it's this multi- multi-spectrum multi-spectrum framework yep yep yeah so yeah no that's i mean that's i think same way i think that's what drew me to it as well i was like oh yeah this is gonna be like early in my life i was like yeah that's exactly like am i gonna get all like you know right yeah <laughs> your audience can't see it but my favorite part i just did little claw hands i was like <laughs> gonna be like this yeah or am i gonna be like this oh you know, like whatever, right? One of the key questions in World of the Apocalypse is when will you rage? Which is on the surface just sounds like a cool marketing speak. But when you think about it from this perspective of when do you decide that anger is the right reaction? When do you decide that, oh, I need to put my anger inside of me for a moment and interact with this thing in a more relaxed or controlled way? Um, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I have heard from other uh, indigenous writers and creators. They say that conversation about when to be angry and when to focus on the 
the no, I don't want to say constructive because it's not necessarily the right word, but the more um, controlled interactions with settler colonial society, that's a key question. That's a key like thing that that comes up. So uh, no, and yeah. you, you see it a lot, you know, and, and I think it's the same with me. I mean, and in our social media age, when do you just, uh, you know, unleash and 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 recognizing, you know, it's like sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to hulk out today and I'll go talk to my wife. And I'll just be like, I'm really upset. And right now I really want to write 18 paragraphs uh, on my Facebook page to this person. And I think there's an, I mean, the, the allegory or the analogy for that is just, you know, is compelling. And a lot of it having to do with these, you know, not, the, not even the microaggressions, the overt aggressions. What is it? The one we all kind of jumped on as indigenous folks was CNN's, you know, uh, at, on election night. It was just like, you know, African-American, Asian-American and something else. And we all gravitated towards that and kind of laughed and some got it. And like, I think that's the perfect moment of like, I, am I going to rage? Let me roll the dice. You know, it's just like, what's going on here? And some folks took it humorously. I made a meme plenty of friends made memes but it's you know and then it kind of grinds home and then you start to think about it's like how come we don't even get an identity right and so now you think about that in the structure of like okay here's your clans who's the underclan who's the underclass in in the game who's the underclass when you're thinking about you know any of these frameworks any of these mythos frameworks and who's writing what, who's telling the stories, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so now you get some, now it gets to just become like really cool and comp. And I, I truly mean this because I think, God, I wish more folks, like as an educator, my whole thing is like, uh, man, I think everybody needs to be doing more RPG stuff and not the pedantic, like, well, let's pretend like you're in this situation. Right. What does it feel like to be somebody that's oppressed? You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not going to change a 14 year old's mind at all. You guys, it's not going to like, this doesn't play out, but you make a compelling narrative. And now you got somebody being like, Hey, you get to be a werewolf. You're going to bust out. You're going to be angry. You're going to rage, you're going to rage at somebody and you're going to slash them. And then a, a really sophisticated, you know, uh, uh, guide and guardian is going to be just like, cool. Here's the repercussions, you know? And it's just like, and now you got an adventure, right? And now you've got a whole narrative that builds out. And that's why, I mean, I love that. I teach with them. I used to teach with it. I love teaching RPGs, yeah. you know? So and- I, uh, I'm an advocate, huge advocate for that. I have a program called Reach Out Role-Playing Games, which is a, a program designed to um, interact with conflict resolution with RPGs as kind of the medium for getting people to have a conversation, a dialogue about, whatever it is that is the the conflict between the two or multiple groups that you've got at the table. Um, And it's difficult, but role-playing games are so good for simulating real world conversations, a step aside from them. And then you can look at it and go, Oh, wow. I see how this reflects on me. Now I get it, or hopefully right. now I can deconstruct this and get it and work forward from it. Right, right. What was it? I think there was a story that I just remember that was, uh, it was, it's a totally different game, you know, but it was just something to the effect of like, I don't know, I think it, it made the rounds, I think online, it was basically like they were playing a hack and slash kind of game and they ended up killing like an orc and then they're like, all right, search the body and they found a letter. Do you remember this? Oh and yeah. The letter- Yes, I was, was like, like, I know it's legendary it was just, on it. Yeah, yeah, and it was basically just like, I miss you, family and wife. All I'm trying to do, and it was just like, yeah, that is what a setup, you know, what a brilliant setup in some ways, but it creates a whole different concept of, you know, compassion and pathos and trying to figure out being like, wow, that we didn't think. I mean, a lot of times we don't think through that, it's just an enemy. Right. And even in this game, what do you think? It's just a monster. So, you know, the stories that are coming in range from cute, range from scary. Like we're going to, I'm it's, it's total blood ripping your face off. Awesome. Like that too. And then there's death metal. And then there's, you know, this traditional story. And then there's just like, Hey, I'm going to snuggle with them. I was like, if you get that range, now you just have this beautiful range of humanity and indigeneity, right. In a way that's like, 
yeah, I'm like, we like snuggling too. And I'm not, I don't have to wear a headdress when I'm doing it. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have to go, you know, smoke sage or I'm like, I just, I just want to go snuggle with my wolf toy. That's going to be fine. Cause that's what I do. That's what my kid does, you know? And, and I'm going to, and all of, I, I mean, just the one that always keeps getting me is that I was like, and all my kids are metal kids anyway. So might as well just go ahead and do that, you know, rocking out. Which I absolutely love that all of that, the like diversity of experience stuff that's going to happen in a howl. Like I am like shaking with excitement because I really want it now. And I understand that we've got to wait to the Kickstarter and then there's a process and so forth Almost and so done. on. But we're so close. It'll, we're, we're, if we stay on point, which we, I think we've, all my Kickstarters, we've been, we've been really close, been usually just about a month off. We're not that far away. So it's going to be like November, December. But I will tell you, I think on the other side, all the creators are so excited. We're already getting stuff. Like the script writers are literally just like, we're getting drafts. Elizabeth and I are, they're just like, I've already written the story. And I'm just like, guys, like we've got like another 14 days. Like we're not even, I'm sorry. Like we got to get, like we can get paid and then we got to do the, and the right. Kickstarter whole thing. I was like, we're really not starting to like July. They're like, no, I'm done. I want to write this. And I was like, that has been really exciting too. Right. Like they're as excited as you are, which makes me excited. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Like That's I'm awesome. so stoked just as a publisher slash editor, just being like, man, when you get people that excited about stuff, Oh, it's just going to, it's going to just be a boss. Like this is just going to be the best. Yeah, so absolutely. So the 20, we're going to finish it this year. That's, that's our goal. And I don't imagine we're going to miss it, but we're going to be out. It might just be in time for like, you know, uh, the Halloween, Christmas. See, so there you go. Perfect Holiday, timing. You Christmas, know, that, Christmas Halloween, that so. time frame would be perfect for me. It, it's going to be perfect whenever it comes up, but it'll be <laughs> perfect. Um, I also do want to say, um, one of my collaborators on RPG writing stuff is Lisa Elwood, and she is a writer for a stretch tier. And I want people to get to that tier because I want to read more of what she writes. She is an amazing writer and creator. Um, yep. Together on Descendants of the Three Sisters, which is about um, vampires and uh, with an indigenous focus. I think people need to go out and buy that. I'm pitching that, but also get Lisa onto this project because I'm, I love her work and I want more of it. So I just needed to throw that out. Lisa has been just one of my favorite people coming into this whole process. She was reaching out. She's just like, you want me to do stuff? Like, what can I do to help? Like, can I, I can, I can help you like put the, you know, like I'll, I'll promote your social media and I'm writing. And then she like, uh, I think she posted and she's just like this, like she was like getting all stressed. So I was like typing back. She's just like, I'm trying to write this thing. I don't know how it's supposed to go. And I was like, you're fine. Like, again, I'm looking at the clock being like, you've got a lot of time. She's like, I'm so excited, but I'm also like really anxious and nervous. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, just, you're good. Just do your thing. And she's just been a gem. So I am super stoked that like, yeah, get, I think we're close. I think we're almost there. I think she's in the next tier Then what just like right after that. And we're getting there. So like, we've been creeping up in a really good way. So we hope everybody's going to get us up to those next levels. Cool. So uh, I just want to say thank you very much for your time. Uh, I have appreciated this conversation on every different level. You gave me an in, like an insight into myself that I wasn't expecting. So that's always helpful. Um, and for folks that are big werewolf, the apocalypse fans, really, I'm telling you now, if you do not back this project on Kickstarter, I will be mad at you and I might come to your house. No, I won't. I, I promise I will not do that. But please check this out. Uh, it's called A Howl by Native Realities. It's on Kickstarter right now. Um, people need to go check that out. Um, if folks wanted to find you and learn more about just what, who you are and what you do, um, I did some digging, but how would they go and find you if they wanted to do that? Yeah, you can find me on the, the social mediums, the social media, I, a, I don't know, however we say it. Um, on Twitter, I am Lee Francis IV. On Instagram, I'm Pueblo Jones. So you can find me in either of those two locations, but everything always connects back to Red Planet Books and Comics. That's that's my home base. That's my store. That's everything that we do, um, and everything kind of leads. It's it's all a, leads. All roads lead to a Red Planet. 
Um, and that's in Arizona so, for folks that might be local. Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, so we're not, yeah. Mexico. So that's where our home bit, we're online. I mean, like we're everywhere, but the, the actual shop itself is Albuquerque, New Mexico, right off of downtown. Um, and it's a great place to find stuff. Even if you look at us up online, like outside of a howl, like you can't find most of the stuff except out of our shop. It's just a lot of it's micro. We source out to native creatives directly. We find just really cool random stuff. We feature, you know, communities of color, LGBTQ plus, like that's, that's the stuff that we carry. We just want to have, you know, like I said, we just want to celebrate and be like, everybody gets, everybody gets to be a nerd, you know? And at the end of the day, we still have Batman and Iron Man. You can get that too. So you just, you can clear the boards. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. I, I'm, you know, I like to post, I'll post things that are fun and exciting. And, and there's some really neat things that we're just doing in general, um, including the fiction work and nonfiction work. We've got some really cool comic stuff coming up and, you know, and if this takes off, we're hoping, you know, I, I, we've even been talking internally. I was like, this is going to be volume one, you know, like mm -hmm. if we're really rocking, we want to do, get everybody included volume two, three and four, and just, and tell some really cool stories. Awesome. I look forward to volume five and six and seven because i need them all um so thank you again very much for your time um until we get an answer to the question when will you rage which we kind of answered today but until we get an answer to that question i'll talk to you again next time
The music provided in this episode is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech Music. You can find his work by Googling Incompetech or Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. You can become a patron of Werewolf the Podcast via High Level Games at our Patreon at High Level Games. You can learn more about High Level Games at highlevelgames.ca or by Googling us. Thank you for listening.